The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. Hi, this is Mia Mohsen Zia, also known as Mia No Time for Love. Check out my latest book, Missing, available in print and ebook formats on Amazon. It's now time for the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and sponsored by international award-winning author Mia Mohsen Zia of Missing. The Mike Wagner Show can be heard on over 40 podcast platforms, as well as HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, and TheMikeWagnerShow.com. We can be heard in over 100 countries, featuring over 1,000 well-known and amazing guests throughout the globe, and named one of the top 100 global podcasts in the New York Weekly Times, Hollywood Entertainment News, Los Angeles Weekly Times, Apple, and Chartable. So sit back and relax and enjoy another great episode of the award-winning Mike Wagner Show. Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mian Bolsonzia, available on Amazon. We're here with a wonderful lady who's a lawyer and founder specializing in dispute resolution and international arbitration. She studied at one of India's most prestigious uh, law schools, the National Law University of New Delhi, and she also competed in uh, various uh, competitions and graduated as gold medalist. And she also has a brand new um, project called People in the Bay, which is basically use of emotional intelligence in the workplace and also um, basically a platform where she can discuss people, issues, and just about everything challenges as well, too, including all the issues going on, you know, worldwide, America, India, and a lot more. She's happy to talk about that. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from Plus Studios somewhere in beautiful India, the amazing lawyer and founder of uh, People in the Bay, and talk about the latest project, once again, the multi-talented Sonia Sharma. Sonia, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. Well, it's great to have you on board, Sonia. So you're a lawyer and founder specializing in dispute resolution and international arbitration. And you also stay at one of India's most prestigious universities. You complete in various competitions and a gold medalist. And you also have a new company, which is a platform that you discuss people and also um, contact issues, control issues, and um, also personal experience in the knowledge in the workplace and uh, basically just challenging conventional narrative through storytelling and how to resolve things. And of course, you also have some projects which you can also implement and how can we um, also uh, learn from it and why it's important to understand and accept uh, intentions and everything else. And before getting all that, Sonia, tell us how I first got started. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's true. Just to First, small correction, it's not a company yet. It's a project that I've started, which I've started as an editorial platform. Uh, just to give you a brief background as to what, how it started. So, of course, I spent 10 years in the law, five years as a law student and five years working with one of the leading law firms in the world. And I think during my work journey, one thing became very obvious to me was the importance of emotions at workplace. It's something that's not talked about that often, but I think it's super important because when you, once you are going to the workplace, there is work, yes, but at the end of the day, you are interacting with people. And that's what I used to really think about when I was working. My interactions with people and how every interaction made me feel. 
And at the end of the day, what became very clear to me was that when I was going to workplace, what I was going into for was work, but what I was dealing with was emotions. So in many ways, I saw emotions as, you know, either they can be the wall that kind of prevents you from doing the kind of work that you want to do, or they can be the escalator that takes you to the kind of destination that you want to go to, which is why I think learning to manage emotions and reading in other people's emotions effectively, which is what emotional intelligence is all about, is very important. This was obviously just my thinking, uh, but and a lot of it has to do with stress as well. But I realized I wasn't going crazy when I started reading more literature around the topic. And eventually I realized that there is very good literature uh, on this very topic as to why we need to focus on emotions quite a lot and especially emotional intelligence. If we want to build emotionally intelligent workspaces where there's a lot more harmony, there's a lot more connectedness and where people are able to channelize their productivity in a way they want. So that became somehow the precursor for launching People No Wait. And I wanted to do that by emphasizing two key aspects. One is, of course, information, uh, informational aspect, the analytical bit, which is blog posting. And the second is storytelling, is to pick up themes relating to emotions through the means of stories, because I've always found them very powerful. So that's how the two things have combined to launch this as an editorial platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, and why was it, um, you, you know, emotional intelligence is the most important? What is the specific reason for why it's so important, like the specific reasons? So I think it's it's not just me saying it there are like lots of academic papers that have been written as to why emotional intelligence is super important in fact some people have rated it as some as a higher competency than iq because they have this like big analogy like there are x number of engineers everybody has an iq above certain level but what really distinguishes them is emotional regulation and it's not tough to understand once you break down emotional regulation it's not just one word, right? Emotional regulation has a bunch of different competencies associated with it. And they start with your own self-awareness. It starts with empathy. It starts with, there's self-regulation. There's um, social skills and relationship management. And each of them is exactly how or what you need to leverage to get your job done. I mean, think of it as an example, like you are in Hell's Kitchen and you've got to prepare a dish right mm -hmm. and there are like five people working together you can either work in an environment where half the people don't know what's going on because there's no mm -hmm. communication or if they say something to someone they think it's a snide comment and they are passive aggressive and reacting back and someone is throwing like a piece of cake on somebody to catch it and there's just no stability and then of course the food lands on the table but there's absolute chaos mayhem behind it and those people never want to see each other again that's not a kitchen I want to work in I'm sure nobody wants to work into that kitchen and if you are in that kitchen there are chances that you will also become that person nobody wants to work with <laughs> as opposed to you when being a kitchen or creating a kitchen where there are rules as to how you communicate or, or if someone has made a comment which you are not okay with, how do you handle that? How do you manage it? So there's effective problem solving. There's clear communication. There's 
good relationship management. So the food definitely lands, but people go back having a stronger understanding of who they were working with, who were the people they were working with. And maybe some of them even become better friends. And that's the kind of atmosphere that's conducive to everybody, right? And that's what emotional intelligence does. At the end of the day, it helps us to manage our emotions better. And it also helps us to manage other people better. So it works both ways. It's not just a trait that leaders need to develop. It's also a trait that employees need to develop in themselves. Uh, and it's something that's not taught, to be honest, in schools as well. This is a skill that we miss out on because the bigger thing that we talk about usually is emotional suppression, mm -hmm. like suppress everything. That's actually known as emotional labor. And it's definitely not good for your health because that leads to a lot of stress. The better way to go about this is through emotional regulation, because that teaches you how to constructively use all your emotions, positive, negative, to achieve the best outcome for everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, if you're going to throw a piece of cake at me or somebody, it better be chocolate and I'll be friends with you. He threw some chocolate at me. So <laughs> great. Perfect. I love chocolate. So I'm sure we'll be friends. Oh, definitely. Well, I think we just got ourselves a start right there when it comes to friendship, you know, pizza, chocolate, drinks, whatever else. I mean, that's a good start too. It's like, you know, finding some commonality. And um, you talked about Hell's Kitchen as an example. Do you think what they do in Hell's Kitchen is actually reality or do you think it's exaggerated? I'm sure there's a bit of exaggeration there. I mean, it depends on what you want to believe. If you want to believe it's real and it's bringing you a lot of joy, then I don't have any problems <laughs> about it. But um, I mean, cooking is a stressful process, like many things, right? And I'm pretty sure some bits of it, it can get stressful. I do think there's a bit of exaggeration there, though. <laughs> <laughs> you talked you talked about hell's kitchen and uh what are some of the other like reality shows or some situations that you think you know exemplifies a workplace or can be exaggerated in terms of any um any reality show is it correct How yes that can correct yes up? like like say with uh was it um i'm trying to think it's barkeep and um there's like um another similar show like you know housing flip-flop or anything like that so it's just like you guys you know you know, watch reality yeah. shows all the time or say like, you know, American Idol or anything like that. I actually don't watch reality shows that much. Uh, uh, I mean, I have watched my share of it, but I don't watch that much. But one thing I do think you can equate the kind of reality shows you can equate with workplace or the dating reality shows, because I do think that um, in and this is a bit broader than what I talk about, but in a way, working is like dating right you you work at a place and you realize what's working what's not and it's trying to basically build a relationship with the workplace with the people at workplace um, and sometimes for some people it can take a lot of dates or like casual dating in different industries to find out their true calling right where is it that they really fit um, and it's nothing to do with who they are or what the workplace is. It's just that sometimes the fit is not right. Mm -hmm. And I think that perspective from the dating world can be brought into the workplace, which will definitely give a different perspective, especially how we conduct assessments, not trying to find out what somebody's flaws are, but like playing, looking at what your strengths are, where you bring in the value and what's a good fit. Um, so I think that makes it a bit more objective 
for people. Uh, it's a more healthy way. And I think both relationships and dating and workplace require that kind of emotional regulation. Uh, so yeah, that those are the kind of reality shows I would uh, equate. Mm-hmm. You also talked about the variety of assessments used with uh, with your projects as well, too. What are some of the um, the testing that you use, like, say, with emotional intelligence to base it on, like, say, with um, the Briggs-Myers test, Rolsarch, and um, all the personality tests? What tests do you base it on, and what are some of the things that you uh, implement? Well, I personally, of course, I've been a big fan of the Myers-Briggs test, um, and the places I've worked in, they've also relied on Myers-Briggs test. And different places, I think, have different um, go-to tests to figure out what works, what doesn't. The question I think I've always struggled with is where, how are we using these assessments? Um, You can, most of the time, at least from my limited experience, what I've seen is you use it as a test, which maybe is used when you're hiring somebody and you're using it as a test when you're training somebody to tell them, oh, these are your strengths and this is where you're good at and et cetera, et cetera. This is your Myers-Briggs profile. But the question is, are we really making use of that in the way it needs to be used? Um, maybe what if, what if there was a there was somebody who was sitting there and who had a profile of everybody and saw what the key strengths of each of these individuals were and where can we fit them in the workplace dynamic that we have, the tree that we have, how can we make sure we capitalize on this aspect of this person? So for instance, you have a person who comes out very great on strategy and you're like, oh, wow, we never knew this person was great on strategy, but look at their test and they've scored really high. Let's give them those kind of opportunities where they maximize that. Or somebody has come out great on um, being detail-oriented or with their competitive drive. So you give them that kind of atmosphere to make the best use of it. Or you put together teams that balance out each other's uh, capabilities. I think that's what's missing, or at least that's what, if we do more, it would certainly make more, it would certainly make a big difference as to how are we using the various assessments? Mm-hmm. Uh, where are they really useful for us in improving the kind of culture that we want to bring? So I think the question to ask is, what do we want to achieve through these assessments? And then you kind of go back, okay, we want to achieve more harmony. To For that, we want to understand what are the kind of behaviors we need to tackle for that we need to introduce so-and-so test and then kind of do that so i think that's what emotional intelligence is probably all about and what and what about those that score score well on tests that do in certain areas but then go to the workplace they bomb and then what about those that score low on a certain test they do great at it so it's just like you know how, how do you how do you figure on that one because some people do great on tests and some people bomb at tests and then it's almost like the opposite they do great on tests and they bomb at work and then they score poorly on tests and you do great at work it's like how do you manage to balance that out yeah, yeah, it's a big question. And um, it's something we've discussed quite a bit, because even I've seen that myself. And I think I have. Um, and obviously, like I talk about emotional intelligence also, because I have also faced issues with emotional understanding the best way to manage emotions, right? Because you are trained, especially as a lawyer, we I think we take a lot of pride in being very well put together and always trying to put forward our A game. And somehow that teaches you to 
I don't suppress emotions and not finding out the best way to regulate them. I think when, I, when I've spoken to a lot of people about it, as to the A graders bombing at workplace and uh, people who don't score that well, doing well, it's just because from very early on, people who were not doing very well in their grades knew how to handle or put up with those the kind of negative, stressful emotions that comes with not being the top performer in their class. And people who always performed well kind of build their self-worth or self-esteem on this notion that I'm always going to perform well. And they never knew what it meant like to sit on the back bench and how to move past those feelings. So when they come at workplace, they realize that, first of all, it's not as simple as going to the going to school and just reading your syllabus and appearing for exams. There are a whole bunch of different things you need to do, including turning up in the office and listening to rude comments and not being okay with it, but don't know what to do with it, or being in a situation where you don't feel confident or when you are not prepared, but you don't know how to deal with the situation. Uh, there are a whole bunch of real life experiences where you won't be prepared um, and there will be a lot of negative emotions, but maybe you're not trained to do that because those are not the kind of scenarios you were you were put yourself into the school, right? Because you were always, you had the chance to prepare. You knew what was coming in the exam. There's a lot more in your control, uh, but that's not the case at workplace. It's uncertain. You don't know what's coming. So it's a lot about managing your emotions. Whereas those people who never did well, they never really expected much because they were kind of okay with being in the last bench and they knew how teachers didn't think much of them. They just went about doing their own thing and they built up a certain resilience, I think, not caring so much about what other people think, uh, doing what they want to do, finding their ways out, not wasting time on negative emotions because you've got to live, right? Like mm -hmm. a person can't stop living just because they score like a D or C or didn't do well. They still have to live. They still have to make friends and they do end up making great friends. So they learn a different way of managing, which I think really helps them at the workplace. Mm -hmm. And of course, with you being a lawyer as well, too, specializing in, um, you know, dispute resolution, international arbitration. We'll talk about that, how you manage as well, too. And um, love to hear, you know, your, your side of being a lawyer and for future lawyers. But first, listen to the Mike Widener Show at the MikeWidenerShow.com, powered by SoundWeb Studios. Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at SonicWebStudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener Show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, international war ring author, Mian Malsenzia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mian Malsenzia, available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love would be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing by Mian Malsenzia has garnered great reviews. And Eve Eleven enjoys by Howard celebrities, including Jonah Cassidy, Forge Riley, and Minnows. So grab your copy today for Girls Missing by Mia Mosenzia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com or 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music, coming soon to Podbean, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and TuneIn. 
Herdwell Wine, Geo 7, Ray Public, Himalaya, also on BitChute and Rumble as well. Make sure you subscribe to the Mike Wagner Show on YouTube, BitChute, Rumble. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn today. And don't forget to take us with you on any mobile device. Make sure you subscribe and also check out the Mike Wagner Show at themikewagnershow.com on 40 podcast platforms and check our gift shop as well at amazon.com. Check out the Mike Wagner Show podcast, t-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies, makes great gifts 24-7. Go to amazon.com and check out the Mike Wagner Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to amazon.com slash Mia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles, also t-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Wagner Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewagnershow.com. Make sure you do so today. We're here with Laurie and founder uh, specialized in dispute resolution and international arbitration, Sonia Sharma, here on the Mike Wagner Show with uh, People in Innovate. And uh, you got a really interesting um, perspective on how this works and everything. Of course, with you being a lawyer as well, too, specialized in dispute resolution and international arbitration, how'd you first get started in uh, becoming a lawyer? What's that one precise moment for you that simply says, I want to be a lawyer? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I think uh, when I trace back, there are many different things that come into my mind. I think many different factors. But I honestly remember hearing about the kind of law I wanted to do from my geography teacher. I knew that I liked um, reading different subjects. Um, None of them really interested me uh, as much as English literature did, but here my geography teacher came and she mentioned about this thing, being a lawyer, working internationally, and that really caught my attention. And all I wanted to then find about was how to do that. And I don't know, I think one thing led to the other and the right people came into my life. Um, I had to fight at home to let me do law because not many people knew about the opportunities you have then in law, Uh, but it just worked out in a way and I found myself where I am today. But I think it was just the desire to do something different at that point. Nobody was thinking about it in my circle and I just wanted to do something different. And this seemed like the best thing for me, which combined a lot of my interests um, in analysis, um, also in storytelling, because at the end of the day, law is about storytelling. So it seems like the perfect combination. And of course, there is also the thing about representing somebody and being, there's an angle of being able to do good in some way. Uh, so I was confused between doctor and a lawyer. And I thought science is not something that I can do. So <laughs> might as well don the black coat instead of the white one. And so law had its victory. Hmm, that's rather interesting as well, too. Maybe you can share some stories about, um, you talk about storytelling, maybe some of your favorite stories that you love telling. Uh, about the stories that I've written, is it? Uh, it, 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 can be, it can be however you want. I'm going to let you get creative on this one. I'm going to let you show your creative side on this one. <laughs> so. Are you sure? I think there is a story that's featured on the website, that's uh, which I really like, which is a crack in the wall. And the reason I really like that story is because it talks about the importance of vulnerability in building connection. And I think unless and until people are okay being vulnerable, there is, you can't experience transformative connection. Transformative connection comes through vulnerability. But unfortunately, that's a bit scarce today in the world because of various reasons. And I don't blame people for that. And there's a whole new debate as to whether you should be vulnerable at workplace or not. 
from my personal experience, the strongest growth I have experienced at workplace has been in my moments of vulnerability. When I've confided in somebody about an issue that's bothering me and they confide and say, hang on, you know what? I feel that too. Or I have felt that too, or I completely get what you're doing because then what it does it, when you're feeling something, you feel like you are in a room like full of like walls. And then somebody says, you know what, I feel that too. And somebody has just opened a door for you and you walked through it and you're like, I'm not the only one. This person feels the same. And you walk into the office the next day and it's like walking into belongingness. Um, and that's why that story really resonates with me because that's what I felt was the strongest way for me to generate positive growth through those kind of connections. Obviously, there is a catch to it. Not every situation is okay being vulnerable in because, and the reason I think people fear vulnerability is because realistically, workplace is also competitive. So you never know how your vulnerabilities are going to play out. So it's good to exercise some degree of caution. But I think the message there is, let not your walls be so built of iron that nobody can trespass them. Let the iron sky fall down a bit and be a bit more gentle so that people can feel validated about the struggles that they go through at workplace or what it's like being in the workplace. So mm -hmm. that's why the story is very one of my favorites. And what are some of the tips and um, you you can share as well too on getting along in the workplace or um, you know preventing turnover in the workplace, quitting and everything? What are some of the tips you can offer, like in terms of uh, getting along with employees? You know, establishing harmony. What are some of the tips? Well, I can tell you what I've learned from my personal experience. Um, so what I what I have learned getting along with employees is, of course, being. Um, accepting of differences knowing that my way is not the highway is will i think be very helpful in understanding other people because that reduces judgment and forces you to see another person's perspective and more often than not and there's a lot of compassion that comes in because you are you may not agree with them but it doesn't need to make you feel agitated and I think that's the big thing about workplace, right? You have to decide where you want to work in. Do you want to work in a very homogenous space where everybody thinks the same thing, talks the same thing? Or do you want to work in a place where people come from different backgrounds, have different ideologies and different personalities? And if you want to work in the latter space, then you've got to increase your tolerance for it. And the only way you can increase the tolerance is by accepting the differences, knowing that, your value system will not be the same as another person's but there's no judgment about it and there's no criticism it's about understanding finding common ground between differences and seeing how you can leverage that for the common good of the mm -hmm. team of people uh, so i think that's the biggest lesson i've learned or the biggest in my uh, the the journey that i've had so far until my career break the other thing of course is um leading with empathy i think empathy is a very important quality which makes a lot of things puts a lot of things in perspective so cultivating that empathy is important i think asking more questions to people which um, is important and communication the more the better uh, being proactive is what i've learned really helps um, if and of course if you're not feeling okay about something then i think it's 
The other thing is, of course, sharing that with people. Because the other thing I realized is people may not know that something is bothering you unless and until you speak about it. Uh, and speaking about it to the right people, which can actually do something about it and make the situation better. So these things, I think, are quite important um, in probably creating a culture that's a bit more friendly, cohesive, accepting, um, and at, at the end of the day, nurturing. Mm. Yes, it is. That's right. That's very important as well, too. And of course, your project, People Innovate, doesn't apply to the workplaces. It can apply to other projects, and you've been involved in some of the projects. We'll talk about that. You listen to The Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by Sonicweb Studios, and brought to you by official sponsor, The Mike Widener Show, International Warring Author, Mia Moses, The Missing. We'll be back with uh, Laurie and founder of uh, People Innovate, Sonia Sharma. After this time out. The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1-800-303-3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention The Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley and I'm an American actress and a TV host. And I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real life relationship. It's just, it's well written. It's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter and it's very well done. I'm going to highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia, he is the author of Missing. And I want to give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamoshenzea.com. Missing, available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, this is Ray Powers, and boy, are you in luck. Right place, right time. Tuned in to The Mike Wagner Show. You heard me. We're back with the lawyer and um, you know, project founder of uh, People Innovate, Sonia Sharma, here on The Mike Wagner Show. Just a lot of great, interesting um, talk about uh, how you uh, got in the workplace, some great tips and sharing and storytelling and everything like that common kind ground which is really amazing this also applies to uh some projects as well too and you've been projects using people innovate and you've got some great ones uh you like to share as well too maybe some upcoming ones and some of the things you've done and especially involving education and some of the things that are going on in this world education is probably the most important thing right now Yes, I am very passionate about education and children, and I do sit as a school governor in the UK, um, in London, uh, so where it's it's a lovely school and they are very, very focused on creating a better curriculum by infusing nurture and uh, taking an arts-based, creative arts-based approach to that. The So that's that's obviously great. I am in India right now trying to follow some of my own interests in education. We'll see where we get to it. But uh, India is also doing quite a lot in terms of education and uh, making sure that children are educated to the best possible way they can. Um, one great concept that's picked up recently in India is that of school on wheels, where schools, they're trying to educate children who come from underprivileged backgrounds by bringing the schools to them on wheels, which is like big buses, which is great, right? Uh, 
And I've been trying to speak to people from different schools. And one thing I wish I could change or I would like to contribute um, or I think about changing is bringing the concept of emotions and mindfulness in the school curriculum from an early stage. I think that's super important. That's a skill that's not taught. And this is the main thing. People assume that emotional regulation is innate or emotional intelligence is innate, but it's not. It's skill that like other things can be learned. And the earlier you're taught, the better. And so many children today are struggling, right, to manage their emotions or to demonstrate the kind of positive behaviors they you expect them to. Uh, and when they don't, uh, you you they feel ostracized or they feel bullied because they are somehow standing out from the crowd. But what we don't recognize is that it's very much a product of someone's individual personality and their upbringing. Um, and it's something that we need to respect the, the, the kind of behaviors that are being demonstrated. And instead of making them feel ostracized, it's important to give them a way to develop that and harness their motivation to change uh, and to bring out those behaviors that are going to eventually aid them. So emotions shouldn't be a block for them, but it should be something that helps them. And that can only change if emotional intelligence is taught in school curriculum, it's prioritized just as much as IQ, uh, which is not done, unfortunately. So it's no wonder that it's taking such a long time for it to become um, important at the workplace because it's not in our pedigree. So until and unless you change at the grassroots level, I think it's very tough to push it up. So I think schools are, schools will be very important in that respect as well. Mm -hmm. and, and how can people innovate? Uh help uh, others in the uh, workplace as well too. How else can uh, people innovate uh, help? Well, obviously it has started out as an editorial platform. And currently the reason I've kept it as an editorial platform is because I wanted people to come and read it and engage with it. And especially with the stories, just bring out these various themes and emotions. And they feel when they go back, they feel validated somehow that, okay, what I feel is not completely crazy or it's not weird and yes these things exist and it gives me a better perspective so I think it was that thing of creating perspective and for me that is the value that I'm trying to create as of now in this that when people come and talk read these issues and read the stories it strikes in them something that I understand my colleague better or I understand myself better or this has made me think a little bit differently about my boss or a little bit differently about the employee I'm managing. And maybe in somehow it makes them change the way they're thinking about somebody. If I'm able to achieve that, I think I would have sparked a change. And for me right now, that is the main value that I'm after. Obviously, there's a plan to grow the platform in different ways and to make um, to increase the value proposition. Uh, but we'll one step at a time. So currently the value lies in the story and the emotions and the content and the ability to make people reflect on how they are observing and judging others and themselves. Hmm. That's rather interesting. Where can people uh, where can people get more information about uh, people in event and how can uh, how can they reach you? Well, so they can obviously visit the website. That's peoplenowate.com. Uh, to reach me, they can, of course, email my project ID, uh, which is on the website, or they can drop me a message on LinkedIn or send me a LinkedIn request. Um, and I'll be more than happy to talk more about the project. 
We certainly do. So we're here with the uh, the founder of uh, People in the Bay and also lawyer Sonia Sharma here on the Mike Wagner Show. Learned a lot from you. It's great what we're doing here. And just a couple more things. Uh, what can we expect from you in 2023 and beyond, Sonia? Well, so I'm currently focused on uh, growing the People in the Way project um, and taking and making it bigger. And there are a few things that I'm trying to experiment with in terms of growing it as an editorial platform. But if things go well, maybe a podcast will be in the lineup. So we'll see how things go along. Mm, that sounds interesting. Looking forward to that. And who do you consider biggest influence in your career? In my career? Yes. Well, uh it's it's a rather um it's it's, a, it's it'll be a rather different take i think but i actually am very very driven by maya angelo um and it's because i think there's a lot of compassion that i see in her and in her work which really has motivated me to bring compassion into my into the way I think about work as well um she's not the typical lawyer obviously but i do think that She's an artist, and somehow I think that each one of us has an artist in us, um, which we need to leverage in order to bring out the best in us. So she's, her works and her words have helped me quite a lot in bringing out the artist in me to manage the analytical side. Um, that has helped me. So yeah, I would say her. That is interesting. One of the best. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Well, I think... Uh, the best advice I can give to any person is probably coming from my own decision to take a career break is um, there's no need to, and I hope I can say this five years down the line as well, there's hopefully no need to follow anybody else um, and to compare yourself to anybody else because you yourself know what you need the most at any point in time. And it's totally all right if you want to pause for some time and take some time to reflect or follow your hobbies and to follow things that you want to do. Um, it, I think it's worth it because I am doing it right now. It's not an easy decision, but it's certainly something that's bringing me a lot of joy and contentment on the inside. So if you want to do that, take some time to recalibrate, pause, reflect, do it. Um, don't don't procrastinate it in the hopes of a perfect time because I think a perfect time doesn't exist. That's a good point. I really like that. No perfect time as well. We're here with uh, founder and uh, lawyer of um, People Innovate, uh, Sonia Sharma here on the mic. Right your show. Sonia, very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. We learned a lot from you. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live to have you back. Once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your works? Yes. Uh, PeopleInTheWay.com. Okay. We'll certainly check that out. Once again, Sonia, very big thank you for your time. You've been totally amazing. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live after back. Wish you all the best. And Sonia, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. Thanks very much, Mike. It was lovely to be with you as well. And uh, thanks for having me. And good luck to you too. The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1-800-303-3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention The Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. 
Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley, and I'm an American actress and a TV host. And I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real life relationship. It's just, it's well written, it's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter, and it's very well done. I'm gonna highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia. He is the author of Missing. And I want to give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamotionzea.com. Missing, available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Mike Wagner Show. Brought to you by international award-winning author Mia Mosin-Zia of Missing and powered by Sonic Web Studios. Be sure to join us again on over 40 podcast platforms and, of course, on the MikeWagnerShow.com, HamiltonRadio.net, and Diamonds FM. Don't forget to support our program with a generous donation at the MikeWagnerShow.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>